1 Corinthians 12, 18, Paul says, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. City Prez is Jesus' church. You are Jesus' people. You're not mine. None of you are my people. Even if that's how I talk about you to all my friends, you're my church, you're my people, you belong to him. He chooses the people in his family. He brings them in. He sends them out. I remember in the early years of being here, how many people would come and go. Man, I couldn't take it. I grew so quickly tired, I was resentful to the Lord. Sometimes resentful to the people. But somewhere in there, Jesus shifted uh, my vision, our vision, and instead of being resentful uh, that so many would come and leave, he, he reminded me what a blessing it is to send people out. It's a blessing to be uh, the church, to welcome people, to make room in your life for people who you know might leave. And then to send them out with grief and with maybe joy. Entrusting ourselves to the Jesus who loves us, who places the pieces of the body, organizes it, orders it. He loves the church more than me, more than you. And now City Press, you will be sending us out. Last week I accepted a call to... uh, to Redeemer Winston-Salem. I know that this has been such a shock, uh, a gut punch, or maybe better, a sucker punch. And I know you're reeling. And even, even though I've been on the inside of this, my family's been on the inside of this, we, we certainly feel dazed and confused by it. But we are still trusting in the God who calls, who sins, who places his body. Watchman Nee has this quote. He says, those who are under authority are sent. Those who are under authority are sent. I'm under the authority of the Lord. And I am being sent. Now, if this is your first time here, I'm sorry. I'm sorry this is the Sunday you came. And if I didn't get to you this week to tell you and to warn you, I tried my best. But we're here, dazed and confused, and we need Jesus. We need the gospel, we need the bread and the cup. And you need each other. And so today's sermon is going to feel like the last, but it isn't. I'll be, we'll be here for several more weeks. But I do, want, I do want to tell you, City Press, how I feel about you. 
Philippians 1, this is where we get the example of this, by the way, as Paul does this all the time. He says, this is God's word to you today. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always, in every prayer of mine, for you, for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I'm sure of this. I'm sure of this. I am sure of this, City Press, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart. For you are all partakers with me of grace. Both in my imprisonment and the defense and confirmation of the gospel, for God is my witness how I yearn for you with all the affection of Jesus Christ. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent. And so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus to the glory and praise of God. What do we do now, City Press? It, sometimes, I know I've heard several times this week, um, I can't imagine City Press without you. You're the spine that holds this together. And what I want you to hear this morning, that you are all actually the spine, and Christ is the head. You have held me and our family together, and I'm so thankful. And when you, uh, Wayne Collier says when Eugene Peterson was towards the end, he would, uh, people would come by and they would just hear him muttering over and over, thank you, thank you. And, and my life here has been marked by gratitude. Like when I came back from um, my sabbatical, that was just the thing that kept spinning over and over in my mind and my heart, just how grateful, how grateful I am to have you. And here's what I love about you. I want to be superfluous in my praise of you. Paul says, I thank my God in all remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all, making my prayer with joy. The sermon's called 20 Things I Love About You, and next week Josh will preach because I'm going to be gone, and he's going to preach on 20 Things You Hate About Me. <laughs> the first thing I love about you is you eat the fat. You familiar with that phrase? I tell my kids this all the time because they don't like the fat. And I'm like, God loves the fat. He wants you to eat it. It's a phrase that uh, is used in Ezra and Nehemiah when, when the law was being read for the first time in a long time. After the people had come back from exile and the city walls were in the middle of getting rebuilt and as was the temple. And Ezra reads from the law and then he tells the people, eat the fat. Drink the sweet. Send out food to those who have nothing prepared. 
I am thankful that you are a people that know how to party. Jesus, hear me, Jesus knew how to party. He was accused regularly of being a glutton because he partied too much. You articulate to me the language of party. We've had pork and brews and slip inside kickball. Do you remember those days? Do you remember watching everybody try to run the, the bases? Oh man, I love that. I loved when everyone would take a big old biff. We've had Christmases where I remember one of our Early Christmas parties, the Spares was one of their first times kind of coming around City Press, and um, the party got kind of raucous and wild, and I kept looking at them going, oh man, they are so out of here after this. And lo and behold, they've become the party planning uh, committee here at City Press. Golden Roosters and Montanzas, Fat Tuesday parties. It is a staple of who we are as God's people that we eat the fat, we drink the sweet, and we send it out. We celebrate and share. I love that about you. Uh, I'm thankful that you press in to your story. Um, I remember uh, one of the first things we did after uh, several of us did this thing called Men at the Cross is we would gather the men together and we'd do this thing called the one in four. If you remember this, you're sweating, even as I say it, because it's so uncomfortable. You would do this thing where you would say the one-minute version of who you are, where it's kind of the elevator version. You know, this is where I work. This is who my wife is. This is how many children I have. And then we'd say, do the four-minute version. And in the four-minute version, tell us all the things you didn't say. And man, men would just start littering off thing after thing after thing. What I didn't tell you, what I didn't tell you is my dad never praised me, never told me he loved me. What what I didn't tell you is that I've been unhappy with my work. My boss doesn't like what I do for him. What I didn't tell you is I'm exhausted. What I didn't tell you So I'm addicted to porn, what I didn't tell you. And after thing, after thing. And what I love about you, City Press, is the willingness to enter in and to engage your story for the glory of God, for the sake of the gospel. I love it about you. Number three, I love that you love the kids. Randy Neighbors came here and gave a, a sermon. I don't know if some of you remember that. Save the Kids was the title of the sermon. I think about all the meals, all the meals that you've made for pregnant mamas. I was just so thankful when we had Deke because you guys could then give us meals, even though I probably didn't eat half of them because I don't like a lot of things. We got to be blessed by you, meal after meal after meal. You do that because you love the kids. All the showers, all the baptisms, 
all the times in the nursery, all the times in the children's church. I think about the Howard babies, the triplets. I think about going to the hospital when they're like this big. And you all loving them till those babies could be brought out of the hospital months later. I think about Isabella. The way you love the beers greens through tragedy and death. I think about all the miscarriages that most are unspoken here, but you know about. You come alongside those who have suffered it. You love the kids. And it's one of the hardest things for me. Is to think about leaving your kids. Their faces. Because you love them. And you bring them. Week after week, even though it's a pain for you. I know it is. I have five. Well, Danette knows. I'm up here. What do I know? It's hard. But you bring them so they can hear the gospel and see the gospel. I want to learn your kids' names and talk to them. I don't, they don't care about my sermons. They don't care how much, how much I know about things. All they care about is, does he seem to like me? The guy up on stage really likes your kids. And that leads to number four, so you embrace the chaos. I love that City Press is a place that can be chaotic, that can feel chaotic, that you hang in there and stay, there, stay here in the midst of the chaos, that the chaos is okay. It's okay that it feels chaotic here. Every communion feels chaotic. It's okay. And you embrace it. Whether it's your community group, or whether it's Sunday morning, or whether it's when you get together with other families, you embrace the chaos. You, you embrace that kind of hospitality that's like it's just messy. Number five, I'm thankful that you are whimsical that you know how to laugh. I think about Chris's laugh. Yeah, there you go, Krista. Come on, give it to us, girl. Like that there's laughter that marks our story together. That we are whimsical, that we, we are serious. We're a serious church, but it reeks of laughter. Holy laughter. Like the story of the Bible is, a, is, is not a tragedy, it's a comedy. It ends in joy and a feast and a wedding and a party and in laughter. I'm thankful, number six, for you. How you remember, uh, how you confess, how you make repair, how you own your stuff. There is a vulnerability and honesty that's true of you that I've experienced amongst you. you. You've confessed things to me. You've made repair with me. And hopefully we've made repair with you. I'm thankful that you work hard to be present, to show up to the things that we are about, 
to show up for each other in each other's lives, to show up with the Lord, to be present before him. I'm thankful that we are friends. Like, not every pastor feels like he can be friends with people in his church, but I do. And one of the grievous things for me is that our friendship will feel different because of time and space. I'm also thankful that we are a family. I know it doesn't always feel like that for everybody in here, but we are a family and it, it feels like that when the stuff hits the fan. You're a social engagement system to each other. I want to remind you of that. What I mean by that is when you're going through trials and difficulties, when you feel dysregulated by your circumstances and situations, by your thoughts, by the very internal pieces of your life that are plaguing your thoughts, the people around you are the ones that God has brought to bring you to regulation and peace. Look to them. Turn to them. Go to them. Because they're your family and your friends. You've been that for me, City Press. Number 10, we're halfway home. Almost. I'm thankful that you make room. Now, I'm going to list off some things because I asked my, my wife and kids for these ones. Many of you have let my children shadow you in your jobs. That's making room. Some of you have called in prescriptions for us. Lots of prescriptions for us. You've taught us chemistry, biology, physics, math. You've written letter of recommendation. You've made us tables. You've fixed our stuff. You've bought us Starbucks. You've allowed us to watch your kids. You've watched our dogs. You drive us to practices. You got us jobs. You go on runs with us. You give us massages. You take us to games. You pop our blisters and you x-ray our body parts. You make room for us around your table. You share your food and your wine and your Coke Zero. Well, you buy that for me. I'm thankful that you are hospitable, that you make room. I'm thankful that you are senders. Think of all the people that have gotten up here or at the front of the highland that you've prayed for, that you've gathered around, that you've sent out. Man, it's numerous, too too numerous for us to recall. On On Friday, I texted several of those people you've sent out to tell them, about this news, and their almost invariably their first response is, oh man, this is going to be hard. We will be praying for you. Not me, you. Because you're cinders, and I love that about you. And I want to remind you of something, that when the Boons came to City Press, they came here because they knew that this would be a church that would send them out. 
so elders, that is who we are. We are going to own their ministry together. Not be, who cares if I'm here or gone? That remains a fact that we're their church and we're going to send them out. And we're going to visit them wherever they end up. Azerbaijan or Dubai or Morocco. You're cinders. I love that about you. I'm thankful for all the ways that you give and serve. You've moved my family three times, maybe four. Well, will be four, hopefully. You won't. Maybe you won't. Maybe it'll be like I'm out. I remember thinking about Trevor Riggs almost stabbing himself on our first house. There was this flirt that was pointy, and we were trying to load a couch out and over that. Like we're stepping on the precipice of this with this flirt and he almost stabbed himself in a very bad spot. The peeling of the wallpaper in our house on Valencia, painting rooms, Dallas Cowboy colors, Laker colors, taking such care to make the lines perfect, putting together beds and making football meatloafs and selling our house, houses. Number 13, I'm thankful that you are faithful, that there's this fidelity about you, a loyal love for God, for others, There's a tenacity that you are determined to know and still love. I love that about you. I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful that you are humble, that you are okay with all the mistakes that happen here. We were laughing uh, at staff meeting about all the words I say the wrong way. You know, you've never told me. So I don't know if I'm like (laughs) thankful for that or offended. Just keep saying it. We'll keep laughing. That we don't have to be the same on every little jot and tittle of what we believe. That there's like this space, this humility. I'm thankful that you have mercy and, not, and that you don't shame. Like, I don't, I don't know how many of you remember this part of my story. But five years ago, I had bariatric surgery. I was 370 pounds. You you were merciful to me. You loved me as your pastor, no matter my shape or how I felt about my body. And I want you to know, like, because you've loved me embodied, that's allowed me to be someone that uses my body to love others. When, when Blakely's teammate died and we were there at her, whatever they were trying to do, wake, vigil, it was so weird and awkward. But I was like, I don't know what to say. I really don't know what to do. But I'm just going to go up to these coaches and I'm just going to hug them. And I'm going to hold them. And I'm going to use my big old body to make them feel comforted. I I could do that because of you. Because that's how you loved me. 
I'm thankful that you have trusted me. You've trusted me with your life, your stories, your kids. And you've trusted me with like the most private and precious things. I've sat there in rooms with you in the heart, some of the hardest times for you and you've entrusted me to be there. You, you've trusted me so much that you've just allowed me such freedom to move in this world, which has allowed me to grow as a pastor, as a person, as a friend, has, has allowed me to like grow in my love of Jesus because you've just allowed me to move in the ways that, that you know I need to move because you've trusted me. Eugene Peterson said at the end of his life, I'm so thankful that I got the opportunity to be me, myself, Eugene. You've allowed me to be Justin. I'm thankful that you know how to mark time because it's really important, y'all, to know how to move in our world and mark the seasons. There is a time for grieving, which we're in right now. And there's a time for celebrating. And all the things that we do as we kind of practice the church calendar together, you know, like weird, we don't always know how the church calendar works because most of us grew up Baptist or whatever. But there is this like dance that the church calendar allows us to do together that informs us. And then you are people that marks it with celebration. And you mark the time. Remember the time, Paul says, for the days are evil. You mark time and remember. You establish tradition. And, and this is going to be real. Just so you know, a new pastor that you will bring in and you will elect to be your pastor will bring some different traditions and ask you to mark time in some different ways. And you mark time and you're going to be okay with that because you do. I'm thankful that you grieve. I know this is grievous. I'm sorry. I've sat with you this week and cried with you. And I'm thankful for your tears. Our tears together means that this has meant something. The Lord says, blessed are those who mourn, that you have kept an account of our tossings. You've put our tears in your bottle. All those tears that you will shed for me, for City Press, for you, for my family, God keeps them. He remembers them. They are not lost. They are worth it. Feel it, City Press. Feel it. Allow yourself to grieve. Don't run from it. Blessed are those who mourn. I'm thankful for your love, number 19. You have so loved us. I am not leaving out of lack. I am not leaving because I need something else. 
I am leaving because God is calling us. And he's shutting the door on our time here. Now, I don't totally get it. But we're going to go through the tunnel and the rope behind us is going to disappear. And that's okay. And we can do this, please hear me, we can do this because you've loved us. I'm loved and I'm never rejected. So I can go. We can go. And we can be a pastor somewhere else and it's the kingdom's going to grow and we're good with that because we're a kingdom church. Number 20, I'm thankful as Paul says that you are partners in the gospel. We are a team. Man, I have the best team. It's all of you, but it's especially the elders and the deacons. I mean, we had such a sweet time together Tuesday night. As I told the, the men who love you and love me that I'd be leaving. And they prayed for us and for you. And they are ready to take the mantle as a partner in the gospel of leading this church forward. And you should have great confidence in these men. And your staff. For us, it's been maybe the hardest. I was installed 10 years ago Friday to this job. I've been here 13 years. Brian's been here all 10 of those years that I've been installed. He is a partner. He's so freaking great to work with, man. Nope, not a prima donna thing in his body. Even though he wears those deep V's and it might throw you off. And his hair perfectly coiffed. He doesn't care about any of that. He cares about you and the Lord. He's been a great teammate. And um, you should celebrate him in his 10 years. We will celebrate him couple weeks. Bronwyn and Emily came around 2014, 2015. We've been debating that. They have added so much texture and layers to what this church can be and what it is. The organization that's required for a church to function which allows the church to grow. It's a trellis, right? They provide the trellis so that the vine can grow. We don't grow without them. They are an incredible team. And it's most hard for them. 
He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it, Paul says in Christ Jesus. That's our hope today. He says, it's right for me to feel this way because I hold you in my heart. You are like me, a partaker of grace. We are all insecure, scared, allergic to the gospel together. And together, God is doing a work in us. As we live our life together, intertwined as we are, God will complete his work. Because we're all partakers of grace. We all need grace. It says, Paul says, I yearn for you with the affection of Christ. Like, like those times when you're so bent in your love, that, that, that you're so, so in love with somebody, or in con- when you're in conflict with somebody that you love, your stomach kind of gets jacked up. That's what Paul says about this church in Philippi, that he, he has such affection for them that it goes so deep that, man, it like jacks with his stomach. I love you. I yearn for you with the affection of Christ. I want to end with this. Um, Verse 10 says, so that you may approve what is excellent and be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. City Press, you have formed Christ in me. And perhaps that's what I'm most thankful for. I tell guys when uh, they're thinking about being a call to ministry, I'm like, look, the call is just an invitation to life with God. And and most likely God's calling you into it because you're so weak. It's not because you're strong. It's because you need the body in such a way and you need the regular rhythms of preaching and being like there to serve people so that you will just like keep in step with the spirit. Otherwise, you'll like be like an untethered balloon and you'll just float away. But the call like tethers you to the Lord. And as I've been tethered to you, like the hope is is that What God's doing in us is he's preparing us to be pure and blameless at the day of the Lord. He's using you in my life. You've done this for me so that at the end, the Lord will look at me pure and blameless. And my hope is I will have done that for you for these 10 years. Like this is the point of the whole thing, Paul is saying. That you've done this for me, Paul says. And I think that by God's grace, I've done this a little bit for you. What a gift that is to think our relationship, our time together, our struggle together, our disruptions together, all the little things we've done together, that God is using all of that to present us before the Father. To like like have a stand up on the metal stand, right? When someone goes and does, competes and they get the gold medal, what do they do invariably? They start being superfluous with their thanksgiving. 
all the people who got him there. And that's what Paul's saying to you and I, is that this little dance that we do together for however long we do it, gets us to that stand and we are presented before God pure and blameless. What a, what a gift. How beautiful. God has been faithfully present to me through you. And we, my family, is so thankful to be allowed to be a part of it. You're imaging to us Jesus. We're so thankful for it. You are our forever family. We are eternally connected. That's what verse 11 starts to talk about. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus to the glory and praise of God. As a church, we are eternally connected. And so this might feel like it's ending, but it's not. It's not. Now, I'm not going to start singing friends are friends forever or anything, but it doesn't end. And that's why we can really just give ourselves over to the grief of it because we are grieving with hope and sadness is holy. Grieve with hope, City Press. Your tears are holy. You are my forever people. And I am yours. Let's pray. God, you remind us at the table today that your love for us is your affection for us, that you, you yearn for us with such a heart. How do we know? Your broken body and your poured out blood is how we know. Your faithful presence of love exhibited to us by your sacrifice. The gospel is our hope this morning. Your good news that you love us unconditionally. Without reservation. That your affection is set upon us. So I pray we come this morning wholehearted. Tears exposed wet cheeks, messy hair, chaotic families. We just come. We take your grace that we taste and see just how good you are once again. And that it would spurn us on to keep on doing this even though people leave. Even though people leave that your church is worth it because it makes us pure and blameless at the coming of the Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.